The following is an encore presentation from the Veritas Vault. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world. And a warm welcome to an encore presentation of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I hope everyone is having a nice holiday season. And when I say warm welcome, I really mean it. It seems to be cold everywhere, even in Egypt that received a snowfall they haven't had in over 100 years. But tonight I'm rebroadcasting a classic from 2009. Even today, five years later, I still receive emails about this show with the late Dr. Fred Bell. Dr. Bell was born in 1942 and died mysteriously on September the 25th, 2011, after filming a segment of Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory. In fact, I know someone who witnessed Dr. Bell and Governor Ventura speaking while Bell allegedly gave Ventura some important documents. Was Dr. Bell too close to the truth? It seems like it. Dr. Fred Bell was a Pandora's box, and you never knew what you were going to hear. You may have heard tonight's interview. If you haven't, you're in for a treat. And if you have, you'd be glad you listened to it one more time. Again, I want to wish all of you a great holiday season and a happy and healthy new year. Dr. Fred Bell is the author of many books, most recently a bestseller called Race of Truth, Crystals of Light. He is a former NASA scientist, and he worked with the late Werner von Braun. 
He was a consultant to over 3,000 high-tech companies before he started Paradigm. Today, although he is in celebrity management and the film industry, he still runs the company Paradigm and still has governmental ties. At age 14, he went to work for the government on a project called MKUltra. Dr. Bell is also a musician, music and film producer. He believes music and imagery will get the word out quickly. He is also very much involved in project awareness. Today, Dr. Fred Bell is a practicing naturopath, scientist, environmentalist, inventor, performing world-class musician, internationally known speaker and founder-operator of Paradigm Inc. His upcoming book is called The Insight Track. And joining us directly from California, Dr. Fred Bell. Hello, Dr. Bell, and welcome to the Veritas Show. How are you? Yeah, hi, Mel. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. We're doing fine over here. We're writing the book that we're discussing. <laughs> you have a new book coming out of here. Yeah. And to be, to be quite honest, Dr. Bell, there's so much experience in your resume that it was hard to put a title on this show. That's why I announced, I announced it as Dr. Bell, NASA rocket scientist, inventor, and healer. But to that, we can add musician, practicing not naturopath. What else? Um, let's see, musician, naturopath, author, um, I don't know, comedian. <laughs> <laughs> is that a new, a new aspect, or well, is that I've something? Always tried to, this, these facts are so dry that I've always tried to present them uh, in a humorous way. I'm so tired of the emotional strain that uh, response that's invoked when people lay out all this negative stuff. Because the reason I, only, reason I lay it out is so that I can show you what you got to fix. Otherwise, if you don't know it's broken and you don't fix it, you might end up, you know, in one of these new 800 concentration camps at some point in the future when they open up for business. Exactly. And, you know, I tell the audience that I conduct this inter- these shows very seriously because of the, the topics. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the fear of ridicule, the giggle factor, if you put some humor. But it's very important to have humor. Dr. Bell, as it's customary on this show for first-time guests, please take us all the way back to your childhood and tell us how life developed through today. As I mentioned while reading your the small portion of your bio, at the age of 14, you went to work for the government on a project that some of us know us a bit about called MK Ultra. Take us from there. Well, I was working with... Um friend of mine at the University of Michigan named Stephen Everball, and we developed um, some of the first neurostimulating equipment that's used today to help people get off drugs and obviously as a form of mind control, which is unfortunate, but things always get turned around. And the government was interested in our work at the University of Michigan. I, I went on from there. Uh, this equipment is what uh, was, was, was used in MKUltra. I wasn't a MKUltra subject. I was a, an instrumentation person there, and um, and then uh, the government wanted me, so I went in the Air Force, um, and then I finished my education uh, and got equivalent of a master's degree, and later on I got equivalent of a PhD in homeopathic medicine. My friend Stephen Eberbaugh and I both went to NASA. He was, in, I was in charge of building the spacecraft and launching them into space, and he ended up uh, developing guidance systems for satellites. And then uh, I left NASA along when well, I went to the Air Force, was involved in the UFO cover-up, and then... By the way, Dr. Bell, I don't mean to interrupt you. Do you hear a sound 
it's a sound. Is it mind control sound that's coming through your phone? I see a little uh, sound coming. Do you hear it? No, I don't hear anything. Okay, I don't hear any more. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I do have wind chimes playing in the background. That might. There be- you go. Yeah, there's some. I got the door open, and we're on a mountaintop, and the wind is blowing. Okay. And there's some wind chimes over there, and they're ringing pretty good today, actually. And I've got the. Uh, I've got my I've got one of my Lockheed Skunk Works hats on, which I used to work there, and I I got my bird on my shoulder, one of them, and he's chewing the hat, so you might get some <laughs> crunching sounds from time to time. But uh, I went uh, after the Air Force and the UFO cover-up stuff. I went to NASA and did all kinds. Of, worked on everything from Star Wars to Apollo to Saturn, and then I went I left that and uh, visited uh, three thousand companies for about seven eight years. Every Navy lab, Atomic Energy Lab, IBMs, any company that you can name that had technology, I went there because I was trained in metrology and I was a uh, instrumentation uh, expert. So anybody that had any experiment going on needed me to make some kind of, you know, deductible results from, you know, in, in quanti- qualitative analysis. I left that, I sold that company, and then uh, uh, started meditating with Tibetan masters. Uh, what got into the you know the Eastern philosophies to study those and meditation practices and yoga practices. Then I started Pyridine, which uh, we make a lot of different things that counteract the negative things that are going on today. And I started Pyridine almost 35 years ago now, so we've been in this business for a long time. The process of doing that, I've you know played a lot of music, released five albums, uh, three books. And got a bunch of patents and and uh, got my own radio show over at bbsradio.com, which is Friday nights. Right. And uh, um, and here I am talking to you. <laughs> How did the government approach you? You were about, what, 15 when you yeah, went to work for the to government? Take, well, first of all, they approached me in the lab over at the uh, University of Michigan when I was working for Dr. Katz. He was... he's. He's just recently uh, uh, died, and he uh, was part of Hitler's organization, came over here in Operation Paperclip. And he was one of my teacher in high-energy particle physics. And um, so not too many 14-year-olds or 13-year-olds are doing high-energy particle physics, but I was, and Stephen Eberbaugh was. And uh, So you actually work with two Paperclip people. Yeah, well, Von Braun and him, yeah. Right, okay. Actually, a lot more than that. This is two you'd know. I probably work with fifty or sixty overall, but it's another story. So anyway, um, huh. so anyway, they 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 came to my parents and they said that I was being uh, vetted for a secret clearance. My stepfather really didn't get off on that, but my father he didn't know what to think of it out here in California. My stepfather was was in Michigan then, and so then my my stepfather moved down to Arkansas, and the government would have no part of that. So. Um, they immediately put me in the Air Force after about 12 months, and I was 16 then, and uh, I couldn't wear a uniform because I was too young, and they right. officially, even though they were paying me and billeting me, they officially could not say I was a government employee until my 17th birthday, so I got billeted or put up in, or in, at the Little Rock uh, Army Base, the bio wep- the biowarfare weapons labs there. And I got a good taste of that then from the guys that were taking care of me and kind of went from there, you know. I, I don't know. The CIA and the FBI both had approached my uh, parents 
mother and real father over different periods of time uh, while I was 15 years old. I guess they were being vetted, too. My dad already had a secret clearance anyway because he'd worked for the government himself before that. So I think they were more interested in my mother and stepfather living in Arkansas. So who do you think was watching you when you were at the, when you had that professor over you? Did you do you think he actually talked to somebody and said, "There's there's somebody here who's a"? Well, I, probably, but I had other teachers too. I went to classes at night, and uh, I was going there. I had a full curriculum I was doing during junior high. So I get off of high school, junior high at three, and I'd head over to the university till about seven, and then I do work in the labs. You know, sometimes late at night, sometimes before class, that kind of a schedule, and uh, for a couple of years, three years. And uh, so who knows? I mean, I didn't, you know, in those days they were after kids that were, you know, somewhat intelligent in certain areas, whereas today corporate people are after kids that are corporately oriented. So it was just a sign of the times. The Cold War was in full swing. Uh, we dropped a nuclear weapon uh, less than 10 years before that. Russia was obtaining one. Uh, Germany almost did. So kids that had, a, you know, particle physics and nuclear physics was really a place to be at the time. And obviously that's what I was going to major in. So, so that's how it all started. Dr. Bell, you were a contactee. Yeah, that came much later, though. Can you please describe your first contact and when and where it occurred? Well, that occurred in 1971 in Laguna Beach, California, on 3096 Nestall Road, the same road that George Ademski had previously lived on uh, huh. uh, back in the in the 20s when he was there. Of course, then it was a dirt road and it was a cabin. I had a paved road and a cul-de-sac, but that was still pretty wide open. And as a contactee, you had contact with Simyasi. Am I saying the name right? Yeah, Simyasi. Simyasi. That's a German pronunciation. Oh, Simyasi. Is he the same Simyasi Billy Meyer had contact with, or do aliens have common names like John? Same person. It was a female. So Billy Meyer claimed to be the only one to have contact with Simyasi, and I know of at least three other people, including uh, Sherry Steiger, who was Brad Steiger's wife, the author, well-known author. Sure. Who also had contact with me at the same time. Tell us more about your contact with Simyasi. Well, it started out as a visual, telepathic image and continued on to a um, verbal uh, image inside the head kind of thing with a physical sensation. Although today, because of the instrumentation um, that we have for mind control, I would be very careful if someone out there were to get those same feelings. In those days, the equipment that produces that effect now, which was designed to copy the effect that I had and then duplicate it into, into a phony feeling, which is part, uh, called Project uh, NASA's Operation Blue Beam. Huh. Yeah, that, that, that can be very deceptive now, but in those days, the equipment wasn't developed because I was working in the labs that were developing it at the time, and I knew exactly where that development phase of that you know, technology was. Dr. Bell, you're the second person that talks about Project Blue Beam. A lot of the guests I bring on don't even believe it, but I always discuss it with them. The Project Blue Beam I'm aware of, is that the holographs that can be displayed on the ionosphere? Is that what Project well, no, Blue Beam it, is? It, it, it's, it's 
a gradual program. Um, it starts out with um, setting up the the internment camps, the 800 internment camps. Okay, and then after that, um, you mean FEMA internment camps? They're, they're managed by the federal federal emergency, emergency management. Group, but I mean, uh, this was all all goes back to Tavis Tavistock Institute, which was set up during the 20s by all the Bilderbergers and all those people. But uh, uh -huh. it starts there. And then what it does is it, the first phase of Blue Beam is it, it removes God from, well, first, the very first phase of it is to uh, set up, a, you know, make, uh, get everybody paranoid, create a, 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 a governmental banking system, which has been done now here, uh, to unite the European nations into one group, the Euro group, which has been done, to unite the, American, the Americas into one group, which they're trying to do, but they're having problems, mm -hmm. to... Um, to uh, remove God from the classroom, from the Pledge of Allegiance, off our currency, which has been done, to uh, move the emphasis off of Christian holidays like Fourth of July, Easter, etc., Thanksgiving, and then to I institute state holidays, which they have done, uh, which have no relationship to you know uh, uh, spiritual activity of the growth of this country, in which case in those days the government and the post office and the banks always closed, but everybody has to go to work because they don't acknowledge those days. Those are the early phases of it. The second phase is to set up these uh, institutions. One of the more fam famed ones is the one over in Indianapolis, which has, uh, you know, it was, was formerly an Amtrak repair facility, but it's a, it's a classic example because now it has furnaces <clears throat> for gassing people. It has a, a, a red, green, and, and a blue zone for unloading trains like Hitler had at, at uh, Treblinka. Hold on, hold on. But, uh, Dr. Bell, can you please repeat what you just said? Because sometimes we talk about this here, and of course everybody accuses us of, of conspiracy theorists. But can you repeat that again, what you just said about the furnaces and the lights? Okay. The, 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 you know, friends of mine worked there. I have clients all over the world, and friends of mine worked there when it was an Amtrak repair facility to be exact. One of them is a truck driver, and he's a very good client of mine. I'm not going to mention his name. He was there. They, he watched them install two-and-a-half-inch gas lines and put in two large furnaces before they fenced the place off, uh, and, and, and the railroad spurs were left there. Um, the, um, they've been left there, and, and they were, there's, there's three unloading zones, which go three different ways through one-way turnstiles, if you want to get Definitely, you know, yeah. so the, the purpose of this is to, A, when people come in, the, the lowest category is a person that's going to be not cooperative and, and destroyed. The second next category up would be somebody that could be psychologically uh, reprogrammed. The next category beyond that uh, would be uh, a person that would be um, uh, a mind control or a, a medical experiment like they have at Fort Dix, which is the site of the fake swine flu. And, of course, the, and the final one is the organ donors uh, that will be placed on, you know, in a kind of a suspended state, and while they're alive, organs removed one by one until they no longer can keep them. You, you keep opening. You keep, you keep opening doors that I didn't want to open up, but I'm glad you did. I'll keep going with this, but I also want to talk about the swine flu, which I strongly believe was a designer flu or a laboratory-made swine flu. It was flu. a laboratory flu, just like just like the the uh, AIDS was. I'm right. very familiar with the. I was going to put in my book how to make swine flu, but I decided uh, 
I'll leave the formula. It's not that hard to make this stuff. It's just cross-jumping genes from one, you know. For example, uh, uh, sheep have a... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.